we.
What's up? How's everybody doing? That was super anticlimactic. Can we just can we just try that again? Lights, everything? No, I'm just kidding. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Doing good? Hey, um, just I'm gonna chase a rabbit real quick, if you would. Where's my wife? She's left. Really? She just left church. All you did was do the announcements. There she is. Hey, um, I just wanted I just wanted to miss Miss Rachel. Uh, she is over our first impressions ministry and uh we got some new cups we're serving coffee again today amen (laughs) right (laughs) right that's water i'm already shaky because i've had i've had caffeine but anyway i just wanted to tell everybody that helps stock our coffee area thank you so much and can we just keep buying these cups and here's why um I just full out sat on it with all my weight. Look at this. I mean, I TKO'd that. Did y'all hear it? Did y'all see it? Yeah, I figured you did because it was bad. It was like, it was like, (sighs) and I tried to play it off and like I felt, anyway. Good cups, good cups. Everybody doing good? Hey, we're, we're in the final weekend, or the final week of our decade series. Hasn't this series been fun? Man, we've had a lot of fun with this series. So uh, just in case you haven't been here all the weeks, uh, the first couple of weeks, we got to do some different stuff with our, with our worship. We got to do like a, a 70s funk intro, which was fun. Um, we got to do some 80s intros uh, the, the second week. We also had a, a costume uh, type dress up competition. We gave away some gift cards and stuff like that. That was amazing. I've loved seeing everybody's like throwback outfits and stuff like that. But I got to give a shout out to my boy, Marty McFly for, for taking it home during the eighties, man. Jeremy Sparks had a, had an amazing costume. Um, so I thought that was cool. I, I, <laughs> Joe dirt back there is still a little bitter, but it's okay. We'll get, we'll get over it. Um, then we did the 90s last week, and uh, I thought that was great. And we did, we did something kind of different with worship. We had some 90s acoustic throwback worship, which was, which was awesome because, that man, worship then was just different. It was all the same chords. I don't know what it was. I, I guess it, it, it's probably just my own nostalgia growing up in, in high school when I was in youth ministry during these times. And it's some of the first songs I learned too when I used to not be able to play guitar and would just scream. Uh, so it was, it was fun being able to go back. But now we're at the 2000s and the 2000s were, were kind of interesting. There's, there's some things that happened, right? Uh, let's look at at the 2000s, let's look at some highlights. Uh, if you guys would, will you bring up my first picture? How many of you guys remember this? Yeah, right? The Nokia phones, right? The Nokia phones, especially, check this out. Look at that, yeah, y'all can see that. I'm shaking because I've had a lot of caffeine, so don't judge me. That one right there. So in case you don't remember that, first of all, I was in a car club during this time. Yeah, like Fast and Furious car club, right? That kind of that car club. And I had all of these phones actually, but I remember specifically the one on the left. It's, I, I believe it's a 5510 or it's a 55 series. And, and see, they don't make phones like this anymore, right? You could take that phone totally apart. 
and customize it. You could change the antenna for light up antennas. You can change the battery. You could change the buttons, faceplate, everything. You could totally take that apart. And so here's kind of a, a funny little story. I used to work at one of those cell phone uh, kiosks, right? And we sold all that stuff. Um, I got an eyelash in my eye. All right, so we, we sold all that stuff and it was cool. Uh, but what I did is I made some side hustle money because like people would come and they'd buy this stuff and they're like, how do I get this stuff to work? And I'm like, what's up? I got you, I got you, I'll hook it up. And, and so I would take people's phones apart at this little kiosk, right? Now, listen, I'm having problems just getting my watch to connect to my iPhone, right? You didn't, phones, phones are different. But anyway, so... I had this phone, I had light up buttons, light up battery, when it rang, the antenna lit up. That's probably why my hair's more gray over here, right? Because of all the years just holding this, holding this thing, just baking my head over here. But they were indestructible. And here's a little, little cool tidbit. They're actually coming back out with these phones. And I'm not gonna lie, you know, I used to make fun of my mom and my stepdad because I'm like, y'all need a flip phone. Can I just say when that joker comes back, I'm going to have that light up phone. I'm just going to tell y'all, I'm going to have the light up phone. Let's go to our next picture. Um, of course, Mr. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, right? Now, this movie set up a lot of things. If you don't know, this was the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It opened it up. They did Iron Man because a, a little backstory behind Marvel, they actually sold off a lot of their characters because they were going bankrupt in the early 2000s. So they, they sold off a lot of their characters and they kept kind of their B-list characters. And it's weird to think of Iron Man now as a B-list character, but this was like a risky move back, back when they made this movie. Because first of all, it's Iron Man. It's, it's just now getting into the superhero movies, but it's also Robert Downey Jr. He's had a colorful past. Let, let's, let's just say that. He's, had a, he's, he's, he's probably the only person that can rival our sound guy with, with his uh, past experiences. And so, um, listen, listen, but, but what happened, right? What happened is this movie set up, go to our next slide. Booga, booga, booga. Will you go to the next slide? There we go. Marvel Studios. Now listen, we know Marvel Studios is this big juggernaut now, but it was nothing back then, right? And, and, and so Iron Man set off Marvel Studios and, and it, it, it changed cinema, right? It, it, it's changed the way we, we do movies. It's changed the way it's the biggest like universal movie franchise ever, right? And it's just been amazing. And it all started from this. Go to the next slide for me. Yeah. Now this, this, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Batman is my favorite superhero. I am a huge comic book nerd. Um, and I love Batman. Now, I, I'm just going to be a little transparent with you. I did not actually love Christian Bell as Batman because he did his Batman voice. That's why. Because he, eh, I'm Batman. You know, it's like, it's like, no, bro, you're sick. 
It's like you need a you need a tissue or something. I'll be honest with you, my favorite Batman outside of the animated series is is I know this is not popular, but Batfleck. I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. It was great. So, but this movie was one of the best superhero movies made, and it gave us, in in many opinion, the best Joker ever, right? Yeah, uh, Heath Ledger did such a good job with this movie. And, and a little funny story, I told you, Batman's my favorite. And so it, it's really cute because y'all know my little super cute daughter. She has a Batman toy that she sleeps with now. She took it from her brother. It's like this little plush doll. She took it from him. And now it go. it's in our van right now. First thing she asked for, she calls it her favorite Batman toy. And it's super cute because she'll sleep with it. And, and last night I was on Time Hop and uh, a video of Judah popped up where he's dressed as Batman. And he, he couldn't hardly talk. And I'm like, hey, say, say I'm Batman. He's like, I'm Batman. And, and you know, he could barely talk and, and all this. So I was showing Lila and she's like, brother's Batman? I'm like, no, daddy's Batman. And so... Anyway, that, that's really cool. So Batman, we, I love Batman. Go to the next slide for me. Uh, uh, wow. The bros. The bros, right? There is at least $200 worth of bleach in that picture right there, just so you know. Now, I don't know if you know where I am in that picture, but... I did a close-up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so here's the cool stuff, because styles are, are kind of coming back, and, and uh, we're getting back into this. And I'm super stoked, because when I, when I hit my 30s, I started getting natural highlights, right? It's, not, it's no longer bleach, but you can see these bad boys in the light when I, when I flicker. It's natural highlights, right? Brought on by your 30s. So look forward to that, kids. Um, Go to the next picture. Yeah. Wow. You know, people used to, I used to get mad at this. People used to say that I look like the lead singer from Green Day. And uh, I used to be like, no, I don't. And then I looked at this picture and I do. Uh, go, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Hey, and also I just want to we're going to pray for me at the end of this too, because there's a lot of bitterness because I don't know, that is a soul patch right there, right? <laughs> hey, Pastor Lance, do you remember how long I had that soul patch? Better part of when you, you, you knew me though, you know, yeah, long time. Like maybe when I got married, all y'all jokers let me walk around with a soul patch. So... So listen, we're going to have a big altar call at the end of this thing. Um, I was going to blow my face up even further, and we were going to have like this, this fun, this fun, uh, sorry, they're telling me to get back in the box. Um, this fun little, this game where I was going to be like, hey, guess what this picture is? And it was just a, a close-up of my pudgy bald chin. But uh, how many of y'all know who Kirby is? from the 90, or 80s and 90s video games, right, Nintendo? If you don't, just give it a googs real quick. I'll, I'll give you permission. But basically, he was this fat pink cloud, right? 
And especially in the early 80s and 90s, he was this fat pixelated cloud, which is what my face looked like when I blew it up. So we're not going to do that this morning, right? Because I want y'all to be able to get some sleep this morning. Amen. I, I, I do believe that is the last picture. Am I correct? All right. Uh, Larry, if you will, can we go back through uh, some of these tunes, if you will? I'm going to talk about this music. Mm. I... I Right. I love it. I love it. If you didn't sing this song out your window, um, it would surprise me. Let's go be honest with you. All right, go to the next song. Oh, y'all don't even know. We're going to listen to this whole one, okay? We're just going to listen to the whole song. Man, the 2000s. All right, go ahead, change it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I almost feel like every time I hear this, I feel bad that y'all are in the room because I just want to bring my wife up here and just... You know, or I feel like I'm I, I'm at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to the next song. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. Right. Um. So funny story about this song. <laughs> I was really into this music. Yeah. So like. Probably, probably too much into this music. And uh, I remember at my church Valentine banquet, we did like a dance and a lip sync to this song. Yeah, it was so awful. But I remember because one of the coolest things to do in these little boy band videos and stuff, they always wore these hats and they would take the hat and drop it back and catch it and then do that. So I did that on stage and listen, my voice cracked while we, listen, I'm not a good singer anyway. And I thought I was, we're at the, we're at the Valentine banquet. And I'm like, ah! you know, and so that's how that went. So that's how, that's how this went. Go to the next song. This one hurts a little bit. Oh. Oh. You right? Right? Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Go to, go to the next one. Yes. Yeah. No, did anybody actually like this song? There's, there's two people, three, three people. Yeah, you gotta love the Hanson bros. They were awesome. All right, you can stop it, Mr. Larry. 
Man, it, it, it's fun looking back at these songs and, and, and thinking of, you know, and it's funny because it wasn't until I was kind of looking at, at some of these uh, songs and some of the music over the last uh, couple of weeks that you're like, man, this really was a long time ago, <laughs> you know? And it, it's crazy because I remember hearing these songs. I'm like, oh my God, that's an Airbnb Boy song. Ah! And, and so now it's like, this is, this is played on the oldie stations now. So just let that sink in for a minute. So we've taken a look at these different decades. We started with the 70s. We started, or we went into the 80s. We looked at the 90s. Now we're in the thousands. And, and here's what I need you to know this morning is, is the generation is a product of the generation before. We're gen- now listen, some of, some of us might get upset by that, but it's true. The, the, the generation that is now coming up is a product of the generation before and so forth and so on. And so as we've looked back through this, it, it's kind of like every decade had this weakness and character or, or, or this vice that kind of defined them. And we've looked at that and we've kind of we've taken uh, this, this bird's eye view on how we can, how we can live our lives as Christians in, in contrast to what our culture is doing, right? And so we're gonna do the same thing today. In the, in the 2000s, uh, there were some certain things that played out and it was, it was kind of a crazy decade, right? When you actually look at all the crazy stuff that happened, there was some weird stuff that happened. We're gonna take a look at, at some of those. Um, some of the events that were really significant in, in the 2000s is of course you had social media start to connect us in ways that we, we just honestly never could have imagined, right? Before the internet and before social media, like what was there? <laughs> I, I can't, I, I was alive before all that and I still don't really remember, like I guess you wrote letters, um, you know, you could call people and stuff like that. But now we're connected in, in ways, it's, it's definitely changed the whole landscape of our culture, right? And, and of course, uh, there was the financial crisis of the 2000s, especially 2008 when the housing market crashed and uh, some of us were impacted by that. Some of us remember that very clearly. Um, I'll be honest with you, I worked in, in the foreclosure housing industry and man, it was crazy at that time because we were just so busy and covered up with work during all this time because people were, were losing their houses and it, it was kind of a crazy time. Big, big financial uh, downfall in the, in the thousands. And then of course, we were all marked by 9-11, right? We all remember where we were. I, I remember I was in law enforcement class when, when it came on and we turned the TV on and I remember it was still really early and I remember watching the TV and they're talking about this attack as the other plane <laughs> flew and, and I remember watching it, uh, watching the World Trade Towers uh, collapse and, and stuff like that and it was just crazy and I remember that day because I actually, uh, we, the, the school just let out, you know, what do you do? You know, our country has just been attacked like 
crazy, you know, and, and what do you do from that? And then there was, there was fear of, well, what's next? You know, these guys are hijacking planes and, and they're flying it into targets. What's next? You know, and at this time, uh, Arbor Place Mall was, was really big and it was kind of new and it was a big hangout for people. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I, I, I'm kind of scared to even go to the mall and hang out with my friends. We get out of school and, and this tragic event is kind of shaping everything and it continues to shape us because when you look at New York, it looks different without the, the World Trade Center. Um, now we have the memorial and the lights and everything and it, it, it's beautiful, but it, it's weird to look back and just remember how much that changed us. And, and one of the biggest changes that I saw is that it unified us. It, it brought us into this, this era of, of togetherness, right? As a country where we just put aside our differences and we came together and we said, you know what? We were attacked. We're going to be stronger together and we're going we're gonna to come together and we're going to be united. We're going to be uh, America, right? One nation. We were a group of people who loved each other, defended each other, listened to each other, looked out for each other. But we didn't stay there, right? We didn't stay there. As we, all, as we all well know, things continued to shift. We started out united and, and we started out together and then the mentality started to change from us and from united to me and to my agenda and my purpose and my ambition and who are you to stand in front of what I and trying to do. And so we started getting that attitude. We, we saw that we, we, we started to go up in this unity, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I looked up and I just see Larry wearing this big, can you come up here, Larry? Just give me a second, guys online. Come up here, Larry. Bear with me, guys. Come on, Smitty. So I just wanted, I just wanted everybody to know <laughs> that if, if I ADD up here, yeah, um, we didn't like what he was wearing today. So he had to go on our lost and found and found some stuff from when Tennessee was good. And uh, he had to, he had to wear that today. So. Anyway, I love you, Larry. Uh, we, we, started, we started together. We started unified, but we landed in, in this individualistic type mind state, right? We started to, to see this shift and it's just continued. Um, we began to see people just be consumed with me be consumed with this me mentality. What am I trying to do? What is it that I need to say? I don't necessarily want to hear what you want to say. I want to say what I want to say. And, and, and here's the deal. This is what kind of breaks my heart. I've, I've started to see that that overrides a lot of our beliefs sometimes. And we see this all the time, that, that the stuff that we care about, that we're passionate about, will a lot of the times override what God's called us to do. And we're going to kind of look at that. So we moved away from, from caring about what others were doing in a good way, right? We still continue to care what others were doing as it affected us. 
but, but we moved away from caring what others are going through. And in July, I actually preached a message and, and honestly, I was going through it and I was like, I really feel like it's hard for people to empathize anymore. I wonder if it's possible to empathize anymore without a big heart change because of where our culture has gone with this. And we begin to see self-esteem through false accolades, right? And, and uh, you know, we just began to see this kind of shift and focus from us to me. And, and so therefore what we began to see is as we began to focus more on ourselves, we began to focus more on this individualistic me mindset, we became narcissistic, right? We became narcissistic. Now, if you don't know really what that word is, because a lot of people know the word narcissistic, but they don't necessarily know what it means. So I wanna break this down for you. Here's the definition of narcissistic. It means having an undue fascination with one's self. Having an undue fascination with oneself. Because I remember reading through this and, and I was like, narcissistic is kind of a little rough term to toss around in, in church, but doesn't this, doesn't this kind of sound like the culture, right? Started to happen in the 2000s, we started seeing this, this culture change and it's, began, it's become so ingrained in our culture and it's dangerous. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to live very differently. And we're gonna look at that. If you have your Bibles this morning, go to Philippians 2. It's also gonna be up on the screens this morning. Philippians 2, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take interest in others too. I wanna stop right there. I'm gonna continue reading, guys. You can leave this up. But I wanna, I wanna just break this apart because when you look at our culture, even our church culture now, and you see, you see people that are, that are claiming to, to be Christians, does this line up? with everything that they do? Not all the time, right? Sometimes, not all the time. But don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. I love this. Thinking of others as better than yourself. It's powerful. All right, going to verse five, it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Let that break apart in your mind for a little bit. He was God, <laughs> but he decided that he wasn't going to cling to that. He was going to be a human. Verse seven, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He died a criminal's death on a cross. Now he was God, but instead of operating with that, with that divine nature, he became a human. He, he humbled himself. He lived a life that, that, that people would have lived, that we would live so that he can be an example. And then he died to save us and he did it because of his obedience. 
He did it because, because, and we'll get to this kind of towards the end, but he did it because he was, he was propelled by his love and what he thought of other people, what he felt about other people, right? Um, he didn't look out for his own interest. Instead, he looked out for other people and that was his mission, right? God in flesh came to live the life so that he can be an example and that he can, he can say that, hey, I want you to go and do the same thing. I need four volunteers this morning. Can I have four volunteers? I'll call on you, honky. Okay, Rachel, Pastor Josh, Joe, uh, Russell, come on up here. All right, if you would, I just want you to stand in a line like you're at the grocery store. There's the register. All right. Yeah, six feet away, man. We're in, we're in COVID, COVID country. COVID country. Yeah, that's probably more like, yeah, that's 25 feet or something. Um, so there's the law of the line. Can y'all, can y'all actually come up here a little bit more so we can get in the camera? There's a lot, law of the line. And the reason why I wanted you to, to see this is a lot of the time, all right, this is how we kind of live. Fa face the regi This is our lead pastor, right? He follows directions like Judah. Anyway, um, so we're, we're, we, we live life a lot like this. And a lot of the time where we're trying to go is in front of us, right? And so we, we look at all these different ways to get there. And can I be honest with you? Uh, a lot of the time it's the structure of this that keeps us from just doing this, right? Because, because there is structure here and there's, but let me ask you something. We're focused on the front. How many times do you think of the people that's behind you? How many times do you think of the people that's behind you? And let me, let, I, I brought them up there because I could show you this. You're at the grocery store. <laughs> this is weird, right? You know, everybody's facing the other direction and you're just kind of standing there, right? Instead, we all kind of face the direction we're going. We never really think about what's going on behind us. Can we give these guys a hand? That, that's the law of the line is that we focus on what's ahead of us and we miss out stuff that's behind us. We miss out on opportunities. We miss out on things that could change us, change people's lives because we're focused on getting to where we're going. And, and, and so what we see though, is that we have a savior that teaches us something totally different, right? We have a savior that teaches us the opposite. We have a Bible that gives us how to live even in these days, right? We've covered that, that the Bible speaks to our time now, how to live. So how do we do that? How do we become healthy? How can we change this culture? How can we look back and the later decades, this, you know, in, in 20 years when we're, when we're sitting here doing this again and we're throwing back 2020, right? <laughs> how, how do we look and say, you know, it, it came from this, if you like it, do it mindset to me. How do we get it back 
to where Jesus was calling us, right? How do we get back there? How do we move from this me mindset? I want you to look at this example that Jesus gave us. It's a powerful lesson. Just lean in, don't turn there. Just kind of look at the screens because I really want you to just pay attention to this. This is a, a scripture. If you've been in church, you've probably heard this so many times, but I just want you to let this wash over you. John 13, we're gonna start at verse one. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. Leave it right there for just a second, guys. I wanna show you, I put all of this in because as I was reading it, God just began to speak to me. Look at this, look at what Jesus was going through. Before Passover celebration, Passover celebration, Jesus knew that it was time for him to go die on the cross. So now he's going to celebrate with his disciples because he loved them. Now I can tell you there was a lot on his mind. There was a lot that I'm sure he wanted to say. There's a lot that he could have said, but it goes on and it says that he loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. Let's go to verse two. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. This has already happened. Judas is still here at this point as one of Jesus's disciples, and he knows that he's gonna betray him. Jesus knew the father had given him the authority over everything, and he had come from God and would return to God. This scripture right here is why I think that, that, that Jesus is such an amazing example because he lived his life like this. He knew he had authority. He knew he could do it all. He knew he could say it all, but instead he had a choice and he chose to walk in that authority and have that authority but he chose to submit to God about what he, he wanted to do with Jesus. And he knew that he had come from God. He knew he had a purpose and he knew that no matter what, he was returning to God. Let me encourage you today, church, that that same authority and that same, that same knowledge of where we come from and where we're gonna go, that is for us today. Jesus passed this along to us. Jesus said, you can operate in my authority. He gave us his Holy Spirit to operate in that authority. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite things, Jesus said, you will do greater things than I. Jesus said, you will do greater things than I, but I don't feel like we live like that. I don't know that we live with the mindset that we can do better things right? Let's keep reading. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Rabbits everywhere. So he got up from the table. He took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. <clears throat> 
drying them with the towel he had around him. When he came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. And Peter protested, right? Weird. Peter protested? That's odd. Because if y'all know Peter, that's not in his character. He protested, you will never wash my feet. You will never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. Now, this scripture right here where Jesus replies this is in here for any parents of toddlers, right? Because I don't know if your kids are like this. Maybe it's just my kids. Lila, especially, she'll eat and she's so cute. She tries to do her fork and she, she really does try to keep clean. But then when she's done eating, it's like she will flop up on the table and, uh, and just... Uh, you know, pull out her pigtails with mac and cheese and, and, and stuff. And then she's like, hold me. And I have to look at her. I'm like, no, unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. So that's in there for, that's in there for parents, um, parents of toddlers. And then Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Listen to this, what Jesus replied. And he said, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you, the disciples, are clean. I think this is powerful here because it sounds like he's like, listen, I'm not going to wash all that crap. I'm just trying to wash your feet, dude. Let me get on. But let me tell you what he's, he's really doing. He's saying, listen, listen, we wash your, your feet from your travels. And I started, God just started speaking as a Christian, a lot of the time, God's already washed me. And, and as I'm walking out and doing what God's called me to do, sometimes I'm going to get dirty, right? But, but oftentimes I'll be able to come back and get refreshed and refilled and just, you, you know what I mean? You, you kind of get what I'm saying. Maybe I'm losing this with y'all, but it, it was really powerful in my spirit because I, I was starting to think, I'm like, man, I've already washed you. He, he, he says that you're entirely clean to the disciples. But then listen to this. He says, not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. And that's what he meant by not all of you are clean. Now I'm going to stop here for a minute. And I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of context. This was extremely weird for, for Jesus to do this. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Have you ever had anybody give you a gift or serve you in a way that made you feel awkward. Yeah, yeah, I have, um, for sure. I've had, I've had some gifts that just, you know, you just don't even really know what to say. Sometimes you're, you're speechless, sometimes, unless you're Peter. <laughs> um, but he's serving them in a way that, that probably did make him feel awkward. Like this, this was their God, they were following him, right? And now here he is serving them, and just in case, that's kind of getting lost on you. This is, a, this is a time where doing this, they wouldn't even have Jewish slaves do this because they believed it was so lowly. As a matter of fact, they would call a Gentile slave and that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. Just ask Pastor Josh, email him and uh, he'll explain all that stuff to you. He does Bible classes on every Tuesday. And so he'll be able to, to get with that. But basically they wouldn't even let Jewish slaves do this because they, they thought that it was so lowly. But then here's Jesus and he's saying, hey, you guys wear sandals, man. Y'all been walking, your feet are dirty. We're about to eat. 
and he takes off his clothes, which, you know, hey, whatever. Let's learn what we need to learn here. Don't get naked at a dinner party. But look at the, look at the serving here. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that is what I am. Since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow do as I have done. And then he says, I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their masters, nor the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that's kind of a, a change uh, of all this stuff. And now he's saying, no, I'm, the master's definitely better. Let me tell you what he's doing here. He, he, he's, just, he's just reminding the reader here that he has authority and that that he just served them and that they should follow his example because they are not to think of themselves better, but to think of other people as better. So he's their master and he reminds them, slaves are not greater than their masters. The messenger is not more important than the one who sends the message. He's just reminding us of that. But then he says, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I want you to remember that little, little section in just a second. Jesus was teaching a profound life lesson right here, church. Like he, he, he's teaching something totally amazing, something that, that, that's mind blowing here. And if you'll allow me to chase a rabbit, if you will, I'm, I'm gonna break this down. And worship team, if you'll, if you'll come on up, we're gonna spend some time in the altar today, but if Jesus wouldn't have done this, it wouldn't have been that weird, right? Nobody expected Jesus to come in and, and do this. Nobody, nobody asked him to. As a matter of fact, when, when they realized, hey, it's time to wash up, they would have got a Gentile slave and they would have asked, you know, hey, bring the stuff out, let us wash up. But instead, he did it. <laughs> And, and, and listen, truthfully, it was within his right to ask somebody else to do it, right? His authority, no slave is greater than their master. But can I challenge you with something, church? Can I, can I push you? And can I just ask you as we start to, to kind of land this plane to just break apart any walls? Because listen, we're talking about selfishness and selfish ambition and stuff like that. And nobody likes to hear about that, but everybody has it. Everybody. Selfishness. So I just wanna encourage you to break down any walls that you might be trying to build up or, or any, any offenses that you might be dealing with right here and just let the Holy Spirit just break all that down. Can I just challenge you to do that for the rest of the service? Um, what if we started, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get behind here so y'all don't throw something at me. What if we started letting the spreading of the gospel take the place of our own right to prove something. Or if we start letting the spreading of the gospel take place of our own selfish ambitions, what would that look like? Be pretty amazing. I, I agree. 
be world-changing, right? Okay, so, so now we've already kind of talked about Jesus' authority and his cause and his mission. Jesus had the most important calls. I don't know anybody, myself included, that has more important of a cause than the salvation of humanity, right? But he took the time to serve the disciples and then he said, go and do likewise. I don't want you to learn that, that you can walk around with this uh, uh, authority and think that you don't have to serve people and think that you don't have to love people and think that you don't have to do this because nobody is greater than I. And this is an example that Jesus has given us. And I told y'all to remember this text. The text ends by saying, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds like a promise. Now, one thing I've learned as a Christian is God's promises, you can just take them onto the bank because they're true, but he put a catch in here. God will bless you for doing these things. Now, I could tell you, and we're going to be talking about this again coming up shortly, but our church has a big vision, a, a, a crazy big vision that God has given us, a vision that is going to take us changing something. We are not going to be able to operate in the status quo that we have and be able to go anywhere near the vision that God's given us, anywhere near it. And I think that what God was trying to show me this week, and I think what he's trying to tell you this week is as we walk into that vision, as we start to wonder, how are we going to do this? How is, a, how is a church of our size, of our, uh, uh, in, in our community, how are we going to change that? But God says, I will bless you for doing these things. And if it's one thing about the promises of God, I can promise you that they are faithful. So if we want to run after this vision, church, we've got to do something different. And I'll just be honest with you. This is the part that might hurt. We don't always do a good job. We don't always do a good job of this. A lot of the times we care about our own inconveniences, our own things that happen to us more than anything. We care. Can I just be honest with you? I've even seen a lot of the times that we don't hop on board to help people because it might inconvenience us. It might inconvenience us. Big mission. God will bless you from doing this. I, I, I believe today, church, that it would greatly benefit us to, to listen to what God is trying to tell us today. And that, that, that's why we're going to spend some time in the altar, because here's the thing that I know. You may not be struggling with any of this stuff today, but I promise you, as long as you are a human being, you are going to be tempted to be selfish. You are going to be tempted to say something that is going to rip somebody else apart or do something that's going to rip somebody else apart. And, and a lot of the times, can I be honest with you, it's something that we do in the moment that doesn't really even further us. 
Have you ever realized that? Have you ever realized how bad you feel after something like this? And how empty you feel? That's because we were created to care for other people. And now there's this like drastic scramble to care for people, but we're trying to hold on to both. We're like, I need my own selfish ambitions, but I need to be able to to serve too. I need to be able to love people. We can't do both. You can't hold on to your selfish ambitions and, and these things and be able to walk and serve like God wants you to. But here's what I know, most of this stuff that we're holding on to would take care of itself if we walk on. If we walk on, the law of the line, if you turn around, look at the people behind you, that line's still gonna move. It's still gonna do the same thing. And I wanna share a, a, a story with you real quick as, as I close. And this is a recent story. This didn't happen in the early 2000s, but it's, it's definitely a recent story. And I actually heard it recently. So it, I, I thought it was kind of cool. In 2017, there was a ship called the USS Fitzgerald. Has anybody heard of this? Okay, so the USS Fitzgerald had a wreck with another ship while it was at sea, right? They ran into each other. Water started rushing in. Sailors were still stuck inside. You know, it was a very dire situation. And there's this man, his name is Gary Reams. Gary Reams. He went into action. He could have just escaped. He could have just got out. He could have titanic it and been like, no, women and children back there, woo! There's not room on the door, <laughs> right? Could have, could have done all that. As a matter of fact, there's evidence of this. There's evidence that says where he was at the time, he could have safely made it off the vessel. But what he did is instead of doing that, one individual, one individual went down and he ended up saving, they don't even have the, the total number because it was kind of crazy, but they said it was at least 20 of his crewmates. One guy. And of course it, it uh, cost him his life. They, they actually um, said that he didn't make it, but the, the people that he saved obviously did. And when they were talking to him, or talking to these people, here's the part that I love about this. When they were talking to these people, they said, you know what? Gary was just acting in accordance to his character. He was just acting in accordance to the character that he had spent years showing us. This didn't surprise them at all. This didn't surprise the people. Can you imagine this dude built such a character and such a legacy that it didn't surprise people that he gave up his own life to save them. This is the second time this week that I, I've looked at the word character and, and, and had to take a look at myself and my character. And I'll just be honest with you, there's some things that I'm like, man, I'm really good at and I've built a really good track record. And I thank God for that. But there's some things as I was asking myself this question, 
uh, what kind of character have I been shaping? God started saying to me, there's some stuff you need to work on. There's some stuff you need to work on. And I think that if we all take our, our lives apart and we start to let the Holy Spirit get in there and reveal stuff to us, then we'll see that there's probably something we could work on too. Amen. So, so I just wanted to tell you that because I preach this stuff to me too first, right? I let it get into my spirit first. And I've been asking myself this question. So what I want to do is I want to ask you, what kind of character have you been shaping? What kind of character have you been shaping? If you were to strip away all the layers and look at, look at your inner self, where's your character at? Maybe you don't like that question. <laughs> Maybe you don't like the answer to that question. I can encourage you today that it can change. God is faithful and he'll bless you for doing this. Um, so we asked the question, if every other generation contributes to the generation after, what can we do to our kids? What can we do to the next generation of church that, that's going to have to, 2020, listen, it has been just, it should be declared a natural emergency, just 2020, natural emergency, just stick a sticker on it, right? 2020 has changed the, the, the look of our lives. It's changed so much about it. So, so how do we then look at the end of this and say, things changed here. We were really selfish and it was about me. And then it got worse over the, the decade that came after, but now we're starting to see a shift. How do we do that? Me reminds you what Jesus said, to serve people, to serve people, or, or what we read in Philippians, don't think of yourself, think of others as higher than you. Look at people with compassion, look at people with empathy, right? And I also wanna encourage you to start trying to identify some needs. Sometimes we wait on people to come to us and ask us for God. That's not, that's, not the, that's not the drive of the church. That's not the mission of the church. That's not what the church is supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be taking Jesus out there. And a lot of the times people are not hearing, people are not hearing our message because we're letting other stupid stuff come out. Can I say stupid from the pulpit? Other selfish stuff. And it, and it takes away what people are hearing when we talk about Jesus and we talk about selflessness because a lot of people know that Jesus was selfless and that he served, but they don't always see his church acting like that. So I wanna challenge us today. And if you would just bow your head and close your eyes all around this place.